And how are we feeling today? Oh, about the same. Can't complain. How are we feeling today? Oh, about the same. Can't complain. Young Dr. Spears came to see us yesterday. I always call him pal instead of doctor. He hates that. So, was he pleased with us? Oh, doing very well for a man our age, he said. Uh, uh, how are the waterworks? Like your diet, little and often. What does Spears say? He says, ah, well, a lot. Ah, well. Personally, I think he's taking mental measurements against the day when I have to be fitted with the dreaded pee bags. I looked it up, you know. Apparently, you get no warning. You're just sitting there, and suddenly, there's a warm trickle down your leg, and bingo, incontinence is your new companion. Oh, please, you could be years away. Not from the sound of Spears' ah wells. <laughs> I'd rather go waiting. What are you talking about? George Hartley. He went waiting this morning in his best blue suit. He's joined the zombies. I saw him in the lodge last night, reading a paper. He looked fine. Big man, George Hartley. Remarkably fit for his age. <laughs> well, everybody says so. Spears also said that I look remarkably fit for my age. Now, stop that. You are not about to go waiting. How do you know? Because I won't let you. You want to keep me on a long leash? You'll never leave your room. You start to forget things, you know. I wonder if you recognize the moment when you forget everything and start repeating yourself. Look, I'll make a deal with you. You start repeating yourself without knowing it at exactly the same moment that I start peeing myself without knowing it. Neat! Oh, it's classical. You can say, you're peeing yourself, you're peeing yourself, you're peeing yourself. And I can say, stop repeating yourself. Why, well, you're peeing yourself at the time. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Burgess, Whitehead, and Dick Bartell. No, Art. So Joe Moore. Ripple. John or Jimmy, which? Jimmy, we think. All right, we settle for Jimmy. Jimmy Ripple. Johnny McCarthy, Hank Daddy. And Carl Hubble. <laughs> Uh, that's still only eight. Only eight? Who played third base? Who was that third baseman? Maybe as your memory goes, the name of the ninth man will come back to you. Does I forget the other eight? Exactly. Uh, we could look this up, you know. No, no, no. We'd spoil the challenge. You know, I feel sorry for the guy's name we can't remember. There he is, or was member of the best baseball team the Giants ever had, and we can't remember his name. Like the reindeer. What reindeer? Santa's reindeer. <sighs> no Donner Blitzen dancer from <sighs> that crowd. Why bring them up? Because nobody can ever remember all their names either. You know, this conversation is worthy of George Hartley. I saw him last night. You did? Yes, the lounge. Reading a paper. Uh, you're repeating yourself. Welcome to Beyond Succession with me, Nico Banda. Beyond Succession is the podcast where we look at various concepts of succession and estate planning. We also discuss success, 
what it means to us individually, as well as draw from our various guests on what they've done in order to achieve success. Let's dive into today's episode. Good day and welcome to another episode of Beyond Succession. I'm your host, Nico Banda. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. If it's your second time and you've been through the trailer episode in episode one, again, thank you so much for listening and I'm glad to have you back. In last week's episode, we spoke a lot about mortality and estate planning not being a, a, a death wish or a death sentence. And, you know, a lot of it was centered around overcoming, um, you know, the tabooness of discussing mortality and, and getting comfortable with discussing things like death, etc. So I thought, you know what, in these first few episodes, we need to get all these difficult and hard topics out of the way. And today we're just going to be discussing, you know, something that is unavoidable, you know, and that is getting old. Um, We're getting old, our loved ones are getting old, our parents, grandparents, they're all getting old. And with with age comes certain, certain complications and implications. I mean, certain people know, you know, lose the ability to do certain things for themselves. And often we, we, we deal with age around, you know, uh, planning for retirement and, you know, moving into retirement villages, um, you know, into those kind of facilities where you have people that look after you and are able to assist you, meal preps, you know, retirement villages, living comfortable, having assisted help of, often and all the time. But one of the biggest things, you know, especially now, and, and it's a very difficult thing for for families that that have to deal with this and even I think for the people themselves suffering from these things is the lack of mental capacity you know so today's episode is really going to focus on on on, on age and incapacity specifically mental incapacity around around things like dementia and um, old Alzheimer's I was about to call it Alzheimer's but <laughs> Alzheimer's um, you know and and they're very difficult topics because when your loved ones start to go through those kind of things, it's it's very hard, um, you know, to deal with. And there's so many implications, so many things, you know, mentally that happen. And I think we need to start having those discussions as well, you know, especially when when our folks start getting older, our loved ones start getting older. On how do we plan for those eventualities, you know? And, and part of it, again, I'm going to say this and I'm going to sound like a broken a broken record, but it's, it's discussing these things and talking about them and facing them head on, you know, rather than avoiding them. When we see them, we deal with them. You know, we, 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 put, the, we put the steps in. But I want to backtrack before we go, we get into, into the, the, the topic, right? And, and everything surrounding the topic today. And, and start with, exactly you know things like dementia and alzheimer's and what they actually mean dementia like alzheimer's um you know are medical conditions that that affect your mental capacity right they affect your ability to 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 think um, you know they affect your memory your, your memory you get memory loss and and all those things but essentially what this means is when you when you're diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's, you essentially, from that point on, lack the capacity to to do things and make decisions for yourself. You no longer have 
the mental capacity to make informed decisions hence why in in our law in south african law from that moment on you can't you can't contract and you can't you can't sign documents you can't have a, you can't sign a will when you have dementia or alzheimer's and it's because you no longer have the capacity to make those decisions it's it's a it's a protection mechanism that you know that that lack of capacity therefore forbids you from doing those things it, to protect you from from undue influence and you know signing things you're not aware of etc that could negatively affect you right so when when someone's diagnosed with dementia or alzheimer's or alzheimer's it becomes a real problem you know especially because they can't they can't contract they can't make financial decisions they can't make medical decisions right which means someone's got to do this for them someone's got to be able to to make these decisions for them in order to make their lives easier now often often you will find people get into things like power of attorneys and um, early on in their lives and you know they'll give their child uh, or their advisor a power of attorney over their affairs you know to 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 speak to the banks and the investment people etc uh, etc et and that's well and good right that's well and good in that moment when you have the ability to give that power away right as soon as you no longer have the ability to give that power away that power of attorney falls away right so right now because i'm fully capable of understanding my decision to give x or y the power to go to the bank and make decisions for me it is allowed but as soon as i lose that capacity you know through something like dementia or alzheimer's as soon as i lose that mental capacity it means i can no longer pass that on because now when will and 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 it's you, there's so many justifications for it on on why it's that way etc because if if i forget that i gave you the power right let's put that into 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 context right if i forget that i gave you the power to go to the bank for me i can never revoke that right and we know things like dementia and alzheimer's affect your your memory and you get memory loss etc right i cannot change that decision because I'm, I'm not aware of it right but even if i wanted to change my mind maybe i wanted to change my mind i wouldn't have the ability to do that right so in south african law as soon as you lose the mental capacity to the mental capacity to do anything right any power of attorney that you had or you had given to someone instantly falls away from that moment that means that person no longer has the legal right and the legal power to act on your behalf and make decisions on your behalf they cannot go to the bank and withdraw a hundred thousand rand to pay the frail care for you right they they no longer have that power now there's this misconception that power of attorneys last you know and 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 they 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 continue to operate when a person has lost the ability to to or the capacity to to make decisions for themselves in south africa that's not true right those things a power of attorney falls away as soon as the the person giving the power lacks the ability to do so right however in places like the uk they have a they have the concept of a lasting power of attorney right and 
I love it. It's beautiful because they have a whole process on how to register it, um, the conditions, and you know, it's it's it's. And I think you know, in in reality, as as concept, you know, issues of dementia and Alzheimer's start to get really, you know, they become really big and really important in South Africa as well. You know, it's something we should be looking at. But obviously, there's there's a lot of things that will need to be dealt with in terms of just making sure that there's no fraud and 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 all those related things. But in the UK, they have the concept of a lasting power of attorney. When you 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 can actually sign a lasting power of attorney that gives someone the ability to make decisions for you, even when you lo- when you no longer have the, the the capacity to 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 make those to make decisions, right? And that is where the difference lies. So here in South Africa, we don't have that. The concept of a lasting power of attorney does not exist, right? In the UK, the concept of a lasting power of attorney exists, and and that allows you well the person who's been giving given the power to make financial decisions or welfare decisions you know depending on what the power of attorney says for the for the individual that's lost the the ability to make those decisions themselves right so we do not have that now the reason i i say this is this is a topic that and this is a discussion we need to start having because often you know often people you know, you get into a retirement home, you sign the power of attorney in South Africa and you think, well, you know, I'm all sorted. But that's not the case. And that's that's basically what I'm trying to, to bring out here. So now what are options, right? Okay, Nico, you've told me, you know, uh, it's not well and good that I'm just, you know, I've signed the power of attorney. Exactly what can I do, right? And that's, 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 what, that's what this podcast is about. The most common way, and you know, realistically the the way the only way to do it when someone already has dementia and you know everything is in their name and there's no you know there's no structures or anything that is there to look after them and you need to get access to their funds to look after them is to apply for curatorship right so an interested party family member or legal person can apply for curatorship and you know there's two types of curatorship there's the the, the financial side and there's the personal welfare side and you know someone can apply to be both and that basically allows you to make decisions you know so if you're a curator persona you can make welfare decisions uh, on behalf of the on behalf of the incapacitated person and then if you're a curator bonus you can make financial and business related decisions on behalf of the the incapacitated person so when the person already suffers from mental incapacity and nothing was done realistically that is the only way to be able to make those decisions for them in south africa because there is no lasting power of attorney and the power of attorney has fallen away and this is a high court application um, where you basically present to the court the fact that you're an interested person you submit the you know medical reports that show that the person is incapacitated so no you can't just take your grandmother there because you want access to the money you know you've it's got to be backed up with the real medical evidence that they lack the capacity and you can be appointed as a curator over their affairs right now the the interest well I won't, i'll call it interesting but you know the reason i actually wanted to have this discussion as a podcast and and present out there was um in about 2018 um SARS issued a a binding private ruling right now a binding private ruling number one is not like a court case that you can rely on for 
for precedence and like a future of you know the facts are the same and you go to court and you present it and you rely on that decision right it's it's a ruling between SARS and that person in those in those in in those relevant circumstances but the reason i want to bring the binding private ruling that SARS had um, made up is because it gives us an idea of how SARS are willing to deal with these matters and how SARS are willing to to i'm going to say assist but able to to help you plan for for early signs and early onset dementia where the person still hasn't lost all capacity but there are signs that they are losing capacity right and and i think it's it's a very important uh bpr binding private ruling sorry that uh people should be aware of because you know once you start to see the signs it's something you can look at as an option right there's no certainty that SARS will grant it and you know it's it will be based on a fact by fact basis and i'm sure that is exactly why SARS issued a BPR um, you know and nothing that could be relied on by by everyone um, you know and it's just a tax avoidance mechanism and making sure that people don't use it to to avoid taxes and stuff but it's a very very interesting binding private ruling and I will put it in the link but it's it's called binding private ruling 306 essentially in this binding private ruling you know uh, after some early onset dementia, the, the applicant set up a trust, right, and registered this trust as a special trust for caring for themselves uh, as a result of being incapable of uh, making decisions, i.e., because of they could the, the, early, the early onset dementia, right. So the applicant was the only was the, was the only beneficiary of the trust, and there was no other beneficiaries of the trust and essentially the, the trust would be funded through the the, the applicant transferring uh, money into the trust now often the reality is when you transfer funds into the trust you can only either donate them or you know via uh, a loan account so you, you know you loan the trust and they pay interest so you know on on a donation there would be uh, donations tax for everything above hundred thousand if you donate it to the trust and then on a loan account, there would have to be interest earned, um, you know, by the by you uh, from the trust, right? Because it's a loan. Otherwise, if you don't charge interest, then that interest portion would be deemed as a donation by you. And if it's over a hundred thousand, there would be donations tax. Now, SARS actually, you know, because of the because they looked at the facts, right? And there was the early onset dementia and the nature of the trust and the fact that she was the only beneficiary actually allowed that transfer by her into the trust not to amount to a donation and not be liable for donations tax and and part of this was because there was in essence you know the the the, the, the early onset dementia they looked at the fact that there was no real tax leakage on their end because of the way the trust was set up she was the only beneficiary there was no avoiding any estate duty on how the trust was set up and she was the only beneficiary so there were no other benefiting parties in that uh, in that trust right and and for that reason SARS actually allowed this which is unusual and would usually never be the case but 
it's so important to see how they how they interpreted how they interpreted it sorry and 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 looked at the facts and and were willing to compromise and turn away from the general application of uh, you know funding of trust and recognizing this trust as a they actually recognize it as a special trust whereas if you were registering a special trust you would actually have to show that the person that was benefiting from the trust was already fully incapacitated and had been for a period of time whereas in this case it was the early onset but they looked at all the factors all the other factors and making sure there was no tax leakage and i think if you look at this it 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 becomes such a interesting and and really efficient possible planning tool you know if 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 you see early onset signs and it's worth the approach and you and you structure it and you look at how the 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 bpr uh, facts stated how the, the the trust was structured and trying to structure the you know the trust in a similar way when you make the application for the bpr as well that you're able to achieve this because it would allow you to you know to, to create an entity that cares for your loved one or for yourself for you to cre- create an entity that will take care of yourself uh, when you no longer have the ability to do so and you know your trustees could be your family members your advisors trusted people um you know and and it would take care of you and that you wouldn't have to struggle and there would be no there would be no need to make uh, really expensive high court applications for curatorship um you know and and i think and it and you just plan early because you can only get a curator after the fact and it just allows you to put a bit of planning initially before that because ultimately when when it does happen there's already something in place that allows you to have the care that you need and i've again probably waffled on a lot but the idea of this episode was to to show that age is also an important factor we need to consider and we need to speak about and there are certain things that come with age that we should deal with as soon as we possibly can and we shouldn't really rely on power attorneys because they 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 have a lifetime and they have lifespan you know and realistically if you don't lose mental capacity before you die the power attorney will die as soon as the person dies so they have a lifespan and they have certain terms and conditions that need to be uh, in effect and adhered to for them to actually be functional and to have a purpose and for you to actually have the power to act on them so where we can we need to prepare for eventualities and put structures in place that allow us to take care of ourselves and our loved ones when we can uh, thank you so much for tuning in i hope again this has been another thought provoking and uh, insightful episode and stay tuned for episode 3